Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles. Let's turn right away to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're on the church at Corinth, obviously. This is our sixth message, actually. We're going to speed up a little bit here as we go through this book. Otherwise, we'll be in this book for two years, which would not be a bad thing, but I uh, don't want to be in there that long, in this book that long. But uh, we want to look at uh, the word called here tonight. Uh, but it says verse number one of chapter one, Paul called to be an apostle. And then it talks about the called in verse number two as well, uh, called to be saints. We talked about the call to be holy, of course, in the first message, or actually third message it was, to be honest with you. And then we talked about uh, called into fellowship, called into unity, one with another in verses, uh, uh, verses um, 10, or 9 to 17, of course, and verse number 9 says that we're called into fellowship of his son, Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we looked at, uh, we're called to preach Christ crucified last week, verses 18 to 25. And tonight we want to look at verse number 26 and read uh, responsively from verse 26 to verse 31 here tonight. Let me read the three even-numbered verses. Read with me, please, the three odd-numbered verses. I'll let you remain seated tonight as we get right into it this evening. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, and reading responsively. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught or nothing, in other words, things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who is of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And we want to see, we see this word called. We've read this word called several times in this chapter. We see your calling, verse number 26. And we're called, verse number 31 would be our text verse, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We're called to give God glory. And so let's ask God to bless in just the minutes that we have here tonight. We're off to a little bit of a late start. But Heavenly Father, Lord, in the moments that we have tonight, dear God, you've called us to your glory. you called us to be to the praise of your glory. And I pray tonight that you would, uh, Lord, bless and may you be glorified in the, the, this service here right now, dear God, in our midst. Lord, we pray for our children downstairs as well. May we learn to glorify you and may we become, draw closer to you as a result of uh, these minutes around the wonderful word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's question is very simple. Who gets the glory for your Christian life? Who gets the glory for your Christian life? And uh, three truths about glorying. And if we're not careful, we can glory in our own flesh. Of course, we're going to find this out, obviously. But uh, number one, we are not to glory in being foolish, weak, or base, or low-born, or, or uh, of low of, uh, of Go to, go to verse number 26 here. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of, 
of, of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not or nothing, in other words, to bring to naught or nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so uh, we are not to glory in being foolish or actually or, or being weak or being base. Uh, there, in other words, there's no glory in letter A. There's no glory about a sinful past. There's no glory about a sinful past. I gave the illustration. I looked it up on Google, and I found out I was wrong. Uh, I remember I've told a story many times about Pretty Boy Floyd. I, I met Pretty Boy Floyd when I was a teenage boy, and uh, he was America's top one, top ten criminals. So I Googled it today because I wanted to be, brush up on it. And I found out he died in 1934. I didn't meet Pretty Boy Floyd. I don't know who I met. <laughs> I met. Uh, I met. Uh, uh, for 50 years I've been saying that, but I met the number one criminal, uh, went to a youth rally when I was a kid, and he was Floyd something, Floyd Hamilton or something, he was on the top 10 most wanted list in, in America, he went to Alcatraz Island, I remember that much, of course, and he was a famous, famous criminal, and I remember it was one of the largest youth rallies we ever went to, of course, and, uh, uh, and uh, several hundred kids there, of course, and we got there late, and we, I told the story, we went up into the we, were, we went up into the choir loft. I sat right behind the most wanted criminal in the United States of America. I thought that was cool. And uh, he gave his testimony, of course. He was in the Alcatraz for like 15 or 20 years, something like that, and he got released. He was an old man at this time, of course. And I can't tell you who he was now. I thought that was kind of humorous, so I thought I'd tell you that I've been uh, wrong on who, who, who it was, of course. But uh, there was, there, I thought it was cool to be a sinful guy and, uh, and that somehow we could give... God glory through that. Uh, uh, there's no glory about our sinful past, nor is there glory about our sinful present, by the way. It's not on the worksheet, but uh, uh, sometimes we can think that, you know, what then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin longer therein? I, I was thinking about, Lord, it worked in my heart a little bit. I've been preaching message last several messages on Sunday morning on great men that have fallen or that fell, and we talked about David and man after God's own heart and how he hit rock bottom and he messed up, of course, and, and uh, God delivered him, of course. We talked about John the Baptist, same thing with John the Baptist. He lost his faith, and we talked about Peter the other day, of course, and uh, Peter, of course, cursed and swore and said, you know, not the Lord, and we almost think we, we have to sin big in order to be like one of these famous, uh, there, there's no, no glorying in sin or in failure, and I thought I should come back with a message on uh, Peter's words in First Peter, where he said that he that do with these things shall never fall. Of course, we can, by God's grace, we can, we can uh, live a gl- glorious, pleasing life to the Lord. First John or First Corinthians six nine says, "Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor accusers, abusers of themselves of mankind." nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Here's what we should glory in. We are washed, we are sanctified, but we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of his grace. And so we don't glory in being foolish or being weak or being a great sinner, of course. And uh, that's nothing, in fact, it's not only worksheet, but God calls us not because of what we were, but in spite of what we were, God calls us. And uh, he's, he's gracious, of course, and uh, it's, it's, he, he calls us in spite of what we were. It's, it's, it, we, we know that as grace, of course. Grace abounding to the chief of sinners, of course. And uh, we are often 
we are guilty quite often of magnifying the sinner uh, on the worksheet there, of course, uh, the, the soundbite statement. We are guilty often of magnifying the sinner. Romans 6.20 says, For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. We don't glory in the fact that we were great sinners and God saved us because we were great sinners, of course. We glory in the fact that we glory in the Savior, of course. And so we glory not in our sinful past, but in a saving Savior, of course. And to God be all the glory, obviously. And so letter B, uh, not only is there no glorying about our sinful past, but letter B, there is nothing glorious about a slothful and weak past. A slothful and weak past. We could go to 1 Corinthians 9 and talk about where Paul said to the weak I become weak that I might be all, become all things to all men and paraphrasing of course but mediocrity is a sin and Ecclesiastes 9 10 uh, Bible says what sort of thy hand findeth to do do it with thy might and uh, you know sometimes we think as Christians that we just, we just do enough to get by we just do the best I can we can of course and just uh, uh, give of uh, you know, give our leftovers, give our least to the Lord, of course. We need to give our best, of course, to the Lord. And, and no, no, no glory in being an average Christian. There's no glory in just being a mediocre Christian. There's no glory in, in uh, not doing your best for the Lord, of course. And, and so it is a sin to do and be less than your best. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Wherefore, whether ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the, to the glory of God. We sing the song, give of your leftovers to the master. No, we sing the song, give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Throw your soul's flesh, fresh glowing ardor into the battle for truth. Give of your best to the master. And so there's no glorying about a sinful past. There's no glorying, uh, nothing glorious about a slothful and weak past. We don't glory in our past life. We glory in our Savior that saved us, of course. And so, nor is there glory in Roman numeral two, of course. Uh, look at the, the converse or the, the opposite, of course. Are we to glory in being wise, mighty, or noble? And we don't need uh, to read the verses again here, but uh, <clears throat> everything we have and everything we, everything we are, excuse me, and everything we have is from him. Everything we got, we got from the Lord, of course. For every good and perfect gift, James 1 tells us, cometh from a, the Father, cometh coming from, from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variable, no shadow of turning. Acts 17, 28 reminds us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Everything you got, all your talent you got from the Lord, all your, 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 uh, your intellect you got from the Lord, you got everything we got was given to us, of course. And, and uh, life is all precious in God's sight. That's why, just by the way, for the, for, uh, to remind us all here that uh, uh, folks that are, we used to call them mentally retarded, of course. That's probably not even politically correct now to use the word retarded, of course. And, uh, but God made them that way. And they're, they're to be his glory, to be to his glory, of course. They're some of the sweetest people on the face of the earth, of course. And uh, man takes the respect, is the respect of their persons. Well, the wise in these, these church, this, this church that had so much division, this church at Corinth, was had division because they had some people that thought they were more wise than other people, more mighty than other people, more noble than other people, and, and uh, that leads to problems. And God is not impressed with three things. He's not impressed, first of all, with intellect. 
Uh, we, everything we got, we forgot from God to begin with. 1 Corinthians 3, 19, we'll go over there and look at verse, uh, it's across the page in my Bible. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. I was uh, on the, the web, the internet, uh, oh, whatever it was, a few days ago, and I saw a smart aleck in, uh, oh, some wise, pompous uh, scientist, of course, making fun of Christianity and making fun of uh, uh, six days of creation and making fun of God creating the heavens and the earth that, that we know it came from an evolutionary process. And I thought, I wanted to, I was, I was yelling at my computer, you know, you're a retard, you know, pardon me, I'm, 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 I'm getting in the flesh, of course, you know, you're stupid. And, uh, you know, I was by myself and now I'm verbalizing what I was doing. It's like, you're, you're an idiot, pardon me, and I, some things I shouldn't have said, but anyhow, I thought, you want to call me foolish for believing that God created the heavens and the earth? And I was thinking of the stars and, uh, you know, scientists tell us there's more stars in the heaven, heavens than there are grains of sand upon the seashore. That's a lot of stars. Whether science is right or not, who knows? Uh, but I know there's a whole heap of them, and God knows all their names and so forth, and, and the evolutionist says that this has happened by Mother Nature over 80 billion years, uh, the light that we get is from 80 billion years of, of uh, traveling at the speed of light, and I'm supposed to believe that rather than believing in God that created. Uh, you got a choice, either believe in mother, mother, or Father God or Mother Nature, of course. I choose to believe in Father God. I think it makes more, far more sense than, than, the, con than the, uh, the opposite, of course. But look at verse number one, of, or verse number 20 of chapter one. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish, moronic, the wisdom of this world, of course? God laughs at the, mocks at the intellect of man. He, every uh, bit of brain power that we have, we have from God, of course. And so he, he gives, he's not impressed with intellect. He's not impressed with our influence. Uh, not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble. Uh, Acts 10.34, Peter said, I perceive that God is not no respecter of persons. And he's not in, in respecter of per persons. He's not, he's not impressed with our popularity. It doesn't matter how many hits you have on your Facebook page or your, your uh, Twitter page. I don't even know how to get on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, or X page, whatever it's called now, and uh, all the other formats there are, platforms there are, and uh, how popular a kid is at school and so forth. God's not impressed with that. Uh, we all have influence. We all have some popularity. Peter said, I go fishing, and seven men said, I'll go with you, of course. And, uh, uh, and our influence, I just want to interject, and our influence is either positive or negative. And no man liveth or dieth to himself. We're all influencing, influencers of one another. Uh, just for example here tonight, I don't know how many of you here tonight, uh, you came to church. I mean, somebody else came to church either with you or because of you. And um, if, you're, if your father here, your kids maybe are here tonight because you're here. Would they be here if you weren't here? Well, I don't think so. But uh, so our, our influence can be positive or negative. And, and uh, either way, uh, uh, if it's positive, it's from God, of course. And God's not impressed with our popularity. Uh, but God tells us to be influencers, of course, hopefully for the positive. Then number three, of course, God is not impressed with our intellect or influence or our inheritance. In two sets of verses we could look at, James chapter 2, familiar passage of scripture about being uh, uh, impartial to the, the rich uh, uh, men in your church as opposed to the poor men. Uh, I think we have, 
I, I, I've fought with this all, all my adult pastorate, of course, all my life here. I think it's easier to be nicer to poor people because they, they don't think you, you're out to get, get anything out of them, of course. But and uh, be nice to rich people. I've had this happen a handful of times where people think he's just buttering up to me because he knows they got money. And uh, as a pastor, it's like I, I have a harder time with well-to-do people than I do with folks that are of a lower caste, shall we say. And we shouldn't be in respect of either people, of course. And God is not impressed if you have riches or if you have, he's not, uh, if he's, God made you of modest means, and then thank God for that. But uh, Luke 12, verses 16 to 21, uh, for sake of time, we won't turn to either, but the uh, Lord tells a story about the, the ground of a certain rich man that brought forth plentifully. And, and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll build my barns, and I'll build greater barns, turn down my old barns, build greater barns. You know the story. And the Lord said in verse 20, but God said unto him, thou fool, God, God called him a fool. Uh, uh, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these, those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. God's not impressed with our inheritance. With our, he's not a respecter of persons, in other words. And so, uh, question, let me ask you this question here. Why does God, why does the Lord not seem to call these type of people, i.e. The, the mighty, the wise, the, the noble, he doesn't call as many of those people as opposed to the first list. He says, not many, not many. He didn't say not any, but he said not many that are called are, are wise. Not many are mighty, not many are noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world. Why, why so? Well, I think you already know the answer, of course, and you can fill in the blank with the three words, of course. As the answer is given in Proverbs 3:34, surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. Uh, James 4:6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He resists the proud. And uh, you know, I've told a story, and I have to be careful here when every time I start to tattle on somebody that's still alive and still uh, on planet Earth, and somebody might know who he's talking about. My wife would know as soon as I start into the illustration. I went to school with a very famous preacher's son, and uh, very famous. And uh, uh, he was uh, his dad was only wanted to have the largest church in the world, quite frankly. And uh, I was his roommate, and so forth. And and uh, he had the, the the ten three-piece suits back in those days, and the red Camaro, and the the blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, cheerleader girlfriend, of course, and all had everything that uh, it's in the the world would like. Of course, he was on the football team and on and on I could go, of course, and, and he hasn't served the Lord for the last 50 years. And, uh, and I, I, came, I came from a drunkard's home and uh, not, not boasting, not bragging, not uh, guilty, but God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. And God many times uses the, the outcasts of this world to that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so uh, he resists the proud, but then we are to glory, three things about glorying tonight here, of course. We're not to glory in our weakness or our foolishness or our uh, humbleness. We're not to glory in our, our, if we're wise or if we're noble or if we're mighty. But we are to glory in the Lord. And I'll look at verse 30. But of him, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who, is, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 
And you think of all the Bible, we already looked at James 1.17, every good and perfect gift we have comes from above, comes from the Father, where it's boasting then, it's excluded. Uh, we get all of our gifts from, uh, all of our gifts come from all of him, of course, and we get wisdom. Uh, I wrote down, there is no true wisdom apart from the Lord. Many verses that teach us his truth. Proverbs 21, verse 30, of course, uh, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Uh, and so uh, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom, or instruction and knowledge, of course. Knowledge and instruction, I think it says. And uh, thank God for, uh, I have somebody in my life, and I'll be vague on purpose again, uh, that uh, over the years says I've counseled and encouraged him to make a decision for right or wrong and a wise decision, and I hate to say, but in every single instance I can think of and throughout my life where I've been with this individual and tried to encourage him to do right, that he's always taken the wrong path every single time. And it always leads to destruction and frustration and, and failure and so forth. And it's like, and I never come back and say, see, I told you so, but I try to encourage him again to follow the Lord and uh, uh, the way of the, the, uh, the wicked is, uh, uh, leads to the path of destruction, of course. So wisdom comes from the Lord. And all any wisdom we have, we have from his word and from him, of course. And then uh, not only do we have wisdom, but we glory in the Lord because he gives us wisdom. And wisdom is the application of knowledge. And, uh, but then he gives us righteousness. Back in verse number uh, 30, of course, he, we see righteousness. Righteousness has to do with our our standing before God, of course. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he, that's God the Father, hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And we have righteousness. So all of our righteousness is in, is in who? It's in Christ Jesus, of course. And uh, where is boasting then again? We're, all of our righteousness are as what? Filthy rags. And so our righteousness comes from, it's imputed righteousness. It's from God, God through the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. And so we get the gift of wisdom. There's no wisdom outside the Lord. No counsel outside the Lord. Uh, no understanding outside the Lord. The Lord gives us uh, the mind of Christ, of course, through his word, of course, and through his Holy Spirit. He gives us righteousness. And then, then there's sanctification, and sanctification is that we see the word sanctification in back in uh, verse 1, of the, the chapter 1, verse 1, of course, in chapter 1, verse 2, we read about, uh, I take that back, not 1, but it's verse number 2, I think it reads the word sanctified there. The church of God, the church which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And so we have sanctification, uh, uh, we are set apart and, and sanctified, sanctified. Uh, uh, we're, we're hagias, we're saints of God, of course. We, we belong to God, of course, and he does the sanctification. And then, of course, there's redemption. Back to verse number 30 of our text. We have been set free by Christ's payment on, on the cross, of course. Through, we, we have redemption through his blood. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. Now I want to read to you Jeremiah, it's not in your worksheet, but Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24 in regards to what we are to glory in. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says this, Thus saith the Lord, 
Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor yet let, let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him glory, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, there is wisdom, that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness, there is righteousness and sanctification and justification in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. And so we have this, this uh, glorying, we glory in the Lord, of course. And I think of Isaac Watts' great song here, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. We just read about the cross in verses 18 to 25, of course, and we're to preach the, preaching the cross, not uh, the preaching of us, of course. And, uh, for when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. These children of uh, this, this church at Corinth was filled with pride, and because of their pride, they were filled with disunity and, and division and schism and, and uh, division, as we're going to find in these next three chapters, going chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, the first medical need of, uh, spiritual medical need of the church at Corinth was a problem with disunity, of course, and pride and arrogance, of course, and they were glorying in the wrong thing. And uh, baptized his watch song, he said, Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, saving the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Who do we glory? We glory in the cross. We glory in Christ. We don't glory in ourselves. We, if God's blessed you with great intellect, wonderful. If he's blessed you with influence, wonderful. If he's blessed, blessed you with uh, uh, inheritance or money or wealth, uh, wonderful. But don't glory in that. Glory in the Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Let's